In this episode, Mary is going to finish reading Jenna's letter. I know, it's about damn time. Mm -hmm, We got halfway through. Mm -hmm, We did. We're going to finish it up today. Also, we have a visit from Sister Fanny Fatcher. Yeah, she's doing her quadruple D. I was mistaken, called it triple D. Not as quadruple D is not big enough. Four D. <laughs> I'm going quadruple D. <laughs> you need all four D's when it comes to the fanny fa- of got, the fact checks. You kind of do. <laughs> uh, we also have some more of Shelly's journal journey. Shelly being me. Mary yeah. has made a little little twist to the song. Actually, not Mary. <laughs> the um the LDL singers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to make it extra shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. (laughs) Truth, truth. (laughs) And we also have a She Said What. And in this She Said What, I just realized how gross Russell M. Nelson is. You're just now realizing it? I mean, this is just more gross. I wasn't aware of this grossness. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's get into all the grossness. Should we throw in a Mormon Mad Libs as well? Let's toss it in there. Let's do it. Okay. We are jam-packed today. (laughs) Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. I am Mary. I am Shelly. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Shelly's making some adjustments on her microphone. Yeah, my spit screen was a little saggy. Is that your um, pop filter? I mean, call it what you want. <laughs> pop filter, spit screen, whatever. I don't know. I get it mixed up. Oh, so we have both. We have the foamy thing on the microphone and, and we the have mesh the mesh screen thing front. in front of it. Yeah, so don't go out in the wind. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good yeah, wind sound. I like my wind sound. It's been windy here lately, by the way. It has been windy. Yeah. Oh, you sound like your dad asking about the weather. Oh, God. Here, you're getting some weather down there. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I happened to be on, well, we both happened to be on the Zoom call. Remember we did a, a Latter-day Lesbian discussion group Zoom call? Oh, Zoom yeah. meeting? What do they call it? Zoom meeting. Yeah, it's a Zoom meeting. Or yeah, okay. call. I mean, it's video. Yeah, it's a call. And there were, yeah, I don't know, You 15. can call it either one. I'm going to call it what I want. <laughs> you call it what the fuck you want. And there were, I don't know, what, 15 or so people? Probably. Yeah, we didn't want to get too crowded because then everyone's squares are really tiny. Um, <laughs> but as we were chatting, my phone started ringing and someone was like, uh, whose phone is ringing? Someone's mm-hmm. phone is ringing. And I looked mm-hmm. and it was my dad. And I was like, oh, yeah, you, you guys, you guys want to like hear a conversation <laughs> with my dad? So I answered it. And of course, it was the whole, you know, the weather. And then he loves talking about the weather. Yeah, the weather. And then that he was going to send a $30 check to mm-hmm. my son, Gavin, who's graduating. It's like the 20th time I've heard that. It's probably more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in people, fact, you better call him and, and say we got the letter and tell him you got the check. Yeah. Okay. Because otherwise he's going to be bugging you about it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Some <laughs> uh, some discussion members on the Zoom chat got to hear my dad. Yeah, we should do a Zoom call again. We should. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll think about set it that. up. Mm, okay, I'm right on that. <laughs> Amy Stevens. Yeah, Amy Stevens set it up. She set it up last time, and thank you for that. Yeah, thank you so much. What should we get into first? What do we decide? What's on your list? I think I want to do the letter first because um, that's what we kind of finished off with two weekends ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, you want to get to Jenna? And we don't want to leave Jenna's story just hanging. I know, poor Jenna. We had to cut you right off there. Mm-hmm. So sorry. Our apologies. My bad. So here we go. Shelly, it's time for this week's LDL Letter. So last time, uh, Jenna was struggling with feelings of bisexuality. She Mm -hmm. figured out she wasn't a lesbian, but she was bisexual. But uh, she ended up getting married at 19. She had a baby at 21 and then left the church. That's kind of a— Well, at least she got to leave in the church part, right? Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, there was other, there was lots of other stuff in there. So if you are curious as to the rest of the letter, if you can't remember, go back to episode 73. Three. And you can check that out. Okay. Part two of Jenna's letter. Here we go. Jenna says, now we've made it to my Mormon story. Okay. Right on. Growing up, like Shelly, I hated pantyhose. Also, that word is gross, she adds. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it a great is. word. I don't like saying it. It's better than stockings. That's such a grandma only word. Only grandmas. Because for me, stockings <laughs> are the stockings. ones that go up to your knee. And only grandmas wear those. Um, those were knee highs. Knee high stockings. <laughs> I hate the word stockings. I hate the word pantyhose. And I hate the word panties. Yeah. None yeah. of those are great. My mother calls panties, by the way, underpants. 
I'm like, no, they're underwear. Goddammit, pants. What are do they, we down need to do a poll? What do you call your undies? <laughs> what do you call your skivvies? Yeah, people? what do you call your skivvies? Okay. <laughs> Should we get back to the letter? Sorry, go ahead. Okay, Jenna says, I stuck my nose up at dresses because, quote, I'm a tomboy. Mm-hmm. She says, which, as a side note, I secretly reveled in dolls and dressing Barbies, but outwardly scorned all things girly. Interesting. She was having like a little inner turmoil. Yeah, for I, some did reason. I did that. I did that. I guess she didn't want to be seen as girly. She didn't want that girly side of her to be known for some reason. Correct. Okay. She says, I've thought a lot about how my entire personality is a mixture of complete opposites. Yeah, (laughs) sounds like it. Including my sexuality. I remember taking a color personality quiz in my eighth grade health class, and my results were equal amounts of red and white. Huh, interesting. I'm a yellow. Are you? (laughs) Oh, you love saying yellow, don't you? In color personality, red is like a passionate, outgoing, opinionated type of person, and white is like a shy, quiet, calm kind of person. Huh. I didn't do any color personality quiz, did you? I did, and honestly, I was yellow, which is like the entertainer. You Go love figure. yellow. Oh, well, that's where you got that. I kept that. making the thing. That's the why. only personality <laughs> test I've ever taken. is a, a color one. Yeah. I didn't do that, but I had my colors done. That's not the same thing. There was this book going around in the 80s called color me beautiful. Oh. Do you remember that? Wait, someone told me I was a white, <laughs> someone that I had a white aura. Who was that? Who were we talking That's to about? That's a different thing. No, I know, but who were we talking with about auras? I don't remember, but uh, if you're listening and it was you, let us know. Yeah, I'm going to go crazy trying to remember. <laughs> Pretty sure it was a listener. I think so. But color me beautiful was to determine what colors look best on you, like against your skin tones. Oh. So it had nothing to do with personality. Oh. It had to do with skin undertones. I say wear whatever the fuck you want. There you go. Okay. Wear whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Jenna points out that these color differences make her an enigma even unto herself, she says. <laughs> there you go. Uh, back to my Mormon story. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I didn't like church much and constantly pointed out all the stupidities in it. There you go. Growing up, no one likes church much. Yep. Such as how completely unfair it was that scouts got to do all the fun and somewhat practical things, and girls learned useless things like how to make, insert any craft, she says, for your future home. Mm -hmm. Like a pillow or whatever. Amen, sister. I hated that. Mm -hmm. I would get so jealous seeing my brothers go off to scouts, and they would have, like, pocket knives with them and shit. Yeah. And I'm going to some dumbass thing learning how to do needlepoint. (laughs) Hate that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Jenna says, but didn't learn anything practical like how to change a tire, right? When I was in Young Women's, I finally got our group to learn how to change a tire. But surprise, surprise, despite our Young Women's leader part owning and working full-time at a mechanic shop, uh, a boy showed us how to change a tire instead of her capable woman self. So Mm -hmm. she had to get the man to come in to... uh, Show, show how the to women. change a tire. Yeah. Well, how many Mormon women know how to change a tire? That's a legit question. Probably not a lot. Raise your hand if you are a woman and you know how to change a tire. I didn't until I was in college and I had a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad showed me how. Yeah, to you need it. a lot of strength to get the. Uh, you know, I've got the fucking strength. Yep, you sure do. But it's not something they teach in church or in any girl shit. Maybe it's different now. I don't know. But when I was growing up, no, no, no. I I learned nothing valuable. Gotcha. Jenna adds that she was too shy to change a car tire in front of a popular boy. Oh, and didn't learn how to do it correctly. So, yeah, I guess the pressure's on to stay girly looking. Yeah, for sure. Seem girly on the outside. Don't do anything manly. I remember changing a tire at the side of the road. I was in my swimsuit. I had like three kids in the car. (laughs) And I mean, I just, I had to do it and I knew how to do it. So I was just out there changing the damn tire in my swimsuit. And a guy pulled over to help me. And I was almost done at the time. He said, you need help? I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I've got it. And and he was so impressed that I could change a tire. Wow. Isn't it weird? I mean, I guess it's not weird, but. Should I feel complimented that a man is impressed with me being able to do something that's typically manly? Or should it just be like, why would you assume that I can't? Well, why can't he just be like, hey, great job? Why does it have to be like, wow, you know how to do that? Nice. Well, that's like my dad. My dad is like, wow, you, where'd you learn how to open a bank account? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stupid. Yeah. Jenna says, despite noticing the small stupidities of the Mormon culture and church, I was obedient and believed everything I was taught. In tweenagehood, I started to skip church and had a hard time going for a while. Then I'd get a faithful fit on and attend religiously. Hardy har, she says. (laughs) Then my parents separated 
and my church attendance was off and on again. I always had something else to blame my lack of church interest on. Mm -hmm. Sounds just really boring. Mormon church. Yeah, I didn't get to be inactive until I went away to college. Yeah. That was my first time being inactive, and it was awesome. Well, I I guess because you were away away from your parents. No, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. there was no one knew if I was going or not. And you felt guilty. Yeah. Although my dad would call my basketball coach and ask him if I was going, and he would tell. Are you serious? Yeah. And he would say that I wasn't because there were girls on the team who went to that ward, and it was singles ward, and they would say, no, Shelly's not going. They ratted you out? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I didn't didn't go to church. And my mother knew that when I was in college, I didn't go to church. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. No, thanks. Back to Jenna's letter. All righty. (laughs) It was always, I'm having a hard time with church because my parents are getting divorced, or I'm having a hard time with church because my dad is getting remarried. Anything was an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Church sucks. It's boring. You know, that would be the place of support, maybe. Right? What? Like when you're going through a hard time, you go to church for support? No? Not in this case? (laughs) No, because in church, you tend to not talk about your problems. Because you have to look perfect. Yes. There's nothing appealing about the Mormon church from my point of view. No, it sucks ass. Yeah. For me, I think I just stopped believing that Jesus was the actual, like, son of God, Mm -hmm. like like a God figure. Yeah. I thought he was a cool dude, but I had trouble with the deity part of it. Gotcha. Um, And I just kind of lost interest in it. But, you know, I went to evangelical churches, and they're kind of fun in a lot of ways. Like, the music is really good. Yeah, it's different. Um, They got a rock band and stuff. Mm -hmm. The sermons are typically uplifting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, typically. Not a lot of fire and brimstone in those types of churches. So it was just a more enjoyable experience. It's still, I didn't want to get up for it on a Sunday morning. I didn't feel like I had to fake well, that's not true. Once I figured out I was a lesbian, I kind of did have to fake who I was. That was also part of the reason why I left, let's face it. <laughs> but um, a lot of people don't really have to fake who they are when they go to church. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're Mormon. Yeah, you have to be perfect. Should we get back to the letter? Yeah. Sorry again, Jenna. We'll get, the, we'll get through it. We promise. We'll get through this. No wonder we can't get through letters. We're just meandering. Mm-hmm. In this next section, Jenna talks about getting married young and then having their first child, and evidently it was great. Mm -hmm. She felt really close to her husband. Her pregnancy went well. But I think something about having a baby changed her attitude towards the church. She says, My life was going perfectly when my son was born. Something inside me changed. Not everyone has this experience, and I'm grateful that I did. When my son was born, I suddenly found an internal motivation stronger than any motivation I'd felt before. I realized I could never teach my son to be true to himself if I didn't know how to live true to myself. Hmm. I began asking myself hard questions about my ethics and where my life was headed. I'm still working on some of those questions. One of those questions was, do I believe in the church? I mean, that's a good question to ask anytime for anybody in any sort of religion situation. I would say that about politics, too. It's like, do I really believe these things? Yes, or am I just— regurgitating things. And that, exactly. that was one of the beginnings of me leaving the church was like, okay, do I really believe this? What's my testimony? Is my testimony my own or is it something that I've just heard so many times over and over? Yes. And that involved having to look into things more deeply. And now I'm out of the church and I'm a lesbian. Yeah. So. Well, Jenna says, uh, for months, I agonized over this question. I felt more and more that I knew my answer, but I was still too afraid to pray specifically about that question. I did all the things the church tells you to do if you're having a crisis of faith. I prayed daily. I pondered. I read the Book of Mormon daily. I attended church weekly. I fulfilled my callings, and I attended the temple often. It feels like the Mormon church just keeps you so busy. You don't have time to stop and really think about it. Yeah. If you go into the bishopric saying that you have questions— They'll just put more shit on your plate. They'll put more shit on you. (laughs) Read more. Go to the temple more. Serve more. Don't think about it. Like, like yeah. trust me. Yeah. Believe in me. Believe me when I tell you what's true. And now here's a bunch of shit to do so you don't think about it. Exactly. Yeah. My son had his baby blessings, Jenna says, and I still think it was a beautiful blessing, although I think the priesthood isn't real. Mm-hmm. She's starting to think it's all fake. Mm-hmm. I even tried going to a Catholic church, that's interesting, to see if it would make me feel differently about church. Well, I finally got the courage to do it Mormon or Moroni or whoever the fuck it was who said pray with true intent and you'll get your answer. I did, and I felt that my answer was from God, 
this church is not true. Boom. Boom. So yeah, it sounds like she went through a lot of years of making up excuses mm-hmm. for not wanting to go to church. Yep. And then she finally, when her kid was born, had this almost like crisis of faith. And you know, I think kids will do that to you. Yeah. Like, do I want to take my kid to this place that I'm not sure I even believe in? Yeah. Do I want to instill those values in my children? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Jenna says, I stopped going to church cold turkey. God, it sounds like giving up alcohol or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I let church leaders know to release me from my callings. Go, girl. Yep. I told my husband and family that I didn't believe in it and wouldn't go anymore. I was careful to let them know I'd prayed about it and what my answer had been. I told them how torn and heartbroken I felt getting that answer. My husband was fine with me leaving and had no problems with my choice. He left the church four to five months later for completely different reasons than me. I think the breaking point for him was when he learned the church opposed the civil rights movement in the U.S. and he saw the parallel of the church currently opposing the LGBTQ plus rights movement. Yep. Those are good reasons. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jenna says there's a lot more to his faith story, but that's his story to share if he chooses. Mm. He's in school to become a mental health counselor, specializing as a sex therapist. That's interesting. And I was learning a lot about LGBTQ plus mental health. During that time period, I told him I was queer and we talked about it a lot. He was concerned on my behalf and told me that if I felt like I needed to explore my sexuality, to please talk with him and we could figure out how we wanted to go about me exploring. Mm. I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. This is how it starts. (laughs) This is how it starts. He was very loving and supportive and fine with it. Later, after a lot of thinking and pondering on my part, I came out to him as bisexual. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. He suggested maybe we try dating women together. I've heard this story, too, from other people. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where we come to how I know I'm bisexual and not lesbian. Okay. It's also how I know I am monogamous and not polyamorous. Mm. The thought of my husband... Being with another woman makes me feel, A, sick to my stomach, and B, raging jealousy, like, bitch, try me. It's funny. (laughs) The thought of myself being with a woman and with my husband at the same time and keeping those relationships separately or together makes me feel gross and wrong as well. I mean, it is complicated, right? Sure. Theoretically. Some people probably can pull it off, you know, and everyone can manage it. I have yet to meet anyone with the story that they are polyamorous and it worked. I mean, I don't know every polyamorous person in the world. Yeah, I've heard of of it working. I've met some people that make it work in my time. they say it works? Yeah. Yeah. I've only had personal experience with people telling me that they tried it and it didn't. Well, you don't run in those polyamorous circles. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So even though Jenna doesn't identify as lesbian, she does feel that she was robbed of experiences that she says she was meant to have. Mm. I can think of girls I would have loved to date and be with in high school if I could change that part of my life, date girls, and have romantic relationships with girls, I would, of course, want that to have happened. Yeah. But she's happy with her choices overall, so that's good. As for my spiritual journey, Jenna says, like everyone's is, mine is ongoing. I don't have a specific belief system I agree with. I'm just questioning, and I mostly don't think there's a God, but part of me wants to believe there is a God who's loving. Somehow I feel like there's something mystical out there. But then again, it's probably just my neurons firing. I guess that's the mystery of life, she says. We won't know until we're dead, or maybe we'll just be dead. Dirt nap, right? I don't want just a dirt nap. <laughs> God damn it. I, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mary and Shelley, for sharing your story and reading letters like mine on the show. I hope you're doing well, and I'm super bummed that I came out a few weeks before June and didn't know Salt Lake City Pride was on June 1st and 2nd. So didn't get to meet her last oh, year. damn it. Maybe this year's pride if they ever hold if it, one. If it happens. If it happens, yeah. yeah. hmm Well, Jenna, we hope we get to meet you at Pride one year. One of these years <laughs> one is going to happen. One of these COVID-free years. You know, speaking of that, Northern Virginia is going to have a Pride in June as regularly scheduled, but it's on Zoom. I just don't know. How does that even work? I, I, I don't know. I guess people hold workshops or something or people do talks. I don't know. For certain scheduled times. I don't feel like it. I, I don't. See me doing that. Yeah. No. All right. I'm not going to attend. Mm-mm. Maybe I'll do yard work instead. <laughs> likely. <laughs> we likely won't be done with our yard work by Probably then. Probably not. Anyway, Jenna, thanks so much for your letter. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, that. If you would like to send us a letter, we hope you do. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. That's us. 
Okay, so the next segment is Sister Fanny Fact Check mm-hmm. Quadruple D Deep Dives into Dire Doctrine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sister Fanny. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what she has to say today. Oh, but let's throw it to Brother Ben first, shall yeah, we? Yeah, every time. Absolutely. Every time. Okay, here we go. And now we turn the time over to Sister Fanny Fact Check. Thank you, Brother Ben, for allowing us humble women the treasured privilege of learning to honor and revere and respect and downright worship that manly chunk of dude land we call the Holy Priesthood. And that, sisters, is today's topic, the priesthood and the priesthood keys. We all know that the priesthood is the authority to act in God's name, and it is the sacred duty of all church members who are worthy to be ordained unto the holy priesthood when they are of age. In this case, age means 11, and worthy means to be assigned male gender at birth, not female, and never to do anything to make the older members of the priesthood upset or embarrassed. If you are confused or not able to follow this horse shit, it means that is because it is designed this way. Authority is a pure weasel word. And gender? Well, there are whole podcasts about that. Any Mormon who is born with a penis and doesn't want one, and any Mormon who doesn't have one at birth and discovers he actually needs one, and Every Mormon person born intersex does make those older priesthood holders upset and embarrassed. So people like that are not worthy. The Mormon church was brought forth in these latter days in a time when white people in America had not been here very long. And they were largely stupid about their sustainability here growing their economy on the rapacious theft of First Nations land and resources, the wholesale rape of the environment, and the unremitting evil of race-based chattel slavery. So you could say it was the most godly chosen spiritual time for Heavenly Father to restore His gospel and His priesthood to the earth. American white people in the days of Joseph Smith loved their freedom of religion almost as much as American white people now love their right to bear arms, and they spent almost as much money on it. They built churches and seminaries and schools and tried inventing theologies and reinterpreting old theologies and systems, all to prove that God liked them best. Because God is a toxic maniac who apparently acts like a cross between a Yorkie poo on crack and Lindsay Lohan in 2007. Joseph Smith knew his church, or rather, God's restoration of Jesus' church, had some competition in these other churches. They all wanted to be the fave flave. So instead of appealing to the corruption of history and papal succession or the messiness of the Bible, which has way too many words and pages, Joseph said that he and his friend Ollie had simply cut out the middlemen and had a personal appointment with Peter, James, and John from the Bible. And Peter, James, and John had put their hands on Ollie and Joe's head with the authority they had and they blessed them with the keys of the priesthood. It still doesn't mean jack shit, but the claim is so bold and so audacious that those who were already caught up in the church just went along with it. The dates and claims don't add up either, so don't ever check anything or Google any of that. But Joseph and his followers took a big bite of that weird shit sandwich And, like a pandemic specialist at a press conference, they swallowed it down. In those days, it was assumed that all leaders would be male. This is one of the many hills that patriarchal churches are willing to die on, and Mormons are surely among them. For most of the last 40,000 years, patriarchy has saturated all of human existence, to the point where many cultures literally have classified women 
with animals, deformities, and monsters. In real life, there is no reason for a god to prevent a female from teaching or learning. Western religion has been soaking in the smelly nutsack of toxic patriarchy for so long, it just doesn't accept the possibility of anything else. And part of the patriarchy is hierarchy. This is where the keys come in. Mormon priesthood leaders love their keys so much that they don't need Cialis if they can just talk to somebody about their keys. A man has keys to preside over his family. An 11-year-old boy has keys over his mom and the 10-year-olds and all the women ever. A priesthood quorum leader has keys over his priesthood quorum. Bishop has keys over the whole ward or geographical region where he is the bishop. And then stake presidents have more wards that they preside over, so they have keys for all of the bishops. Then there are area presidents, and then there's apostles. And then there is Russell M. Nelson, who is pretty much Jesus Christ himself, only way smarter than Jesus because Jesus never went to medical school. And Russell M. Nelson was a heart surgeon, which meant that he had decades of literally cutting into people's hearts before going full-time to do it emotionally and spiritually. Russell M. Nelson is the only man on the face of this earth to hold all of the keys to all of the priesthood everywhere on the planet. And I testify of this absolute bullshit in the name of Jesus in a jello mold with carrots and raisins. Amen. Well, thank you once again, sister, for your dire doctrine. doctrine deep dive. dive. I'm missing a D. <laughs> deep dive deep into dire di- doctrine. Okay. <laughs> or dire doctrine deep. I think diving. it's di- diving, diving deep. deeply. Diving deep into dire doctrine. Okay. I think. I don't know. But thank you, <laughs> Sister Fanny. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to a commercial. And we come back. We got some more fun stuff. Yes, we do. Coming right at you. We're back. So, Shelly, it's time for our new fun segment. And now, that moment we've all been waiting for, Mormon Mad Libs. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory. We take a song or a verse or whatever the hell and change some of the verbs and adjectives and stuff. Yep. Then we send them into church headquarters and and ask them to please (laughs) change the hymnals. hymnals. Okay, I'm sure that's going to happen. This is a child's hymn, though. Oh, it's for the little ones. I hope it's manipulative. Mm, Duh. Full of brainwashing. (laughs) Always. That's my favorite. All right. First thing I need from you, Mary, my dear, is a two-syllable noun. Two-syllable noun? Like a hyphenated noun? It doesn't matter. like lounge chair. Yes. Would you like to use that? Okay. (laughs) Chaise lounge, if you're feeling Frenchy. (laughs) I need a verb. Spelunking. Can it end in IMG? I'm going to make it so it fits. Or with spelunk. Spelunk. <laughs> okay. Is it a word? Sure. All right. It's a present, present tense. tense. Okay. I need a length of time. 5,230,000 years. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Does that fit Five into your million, Yeah, it does. Two. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. 130,000 years. Is that and right? I have to write all the way out. 30. <laughs> that I'm running out of. Give or take. Yeah. Millennia? Uh, well, I already wrote it. <clears throat> Another present tense verb. Okay, how about laminate? <laughs> it's not a typical one. It's not something you do every day. It's hard to get a rhyming word. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I don't need one for that. Okay. Okay, I need a place. Zion. No, Zion. Zion. Oh, Is that it. too close to the original? No. Colob? <laughs> I do need another place. Colob. And now I need one more place. Um, your butt. Kid song? Got it. I mean, butt is a kid word. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I think we got it. Now I just got to fill in this because it repeats. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Oh, wait for it. All right, ready to do this. Is this when I get to put on my performing voice? You can do whatever the hell you want. Okay, the name of the song is Jesus Wants Me for a Lounge Chair. <laughs> <clears throat> Jesus wants me for a lounge chair to spelunk for him 
Each 5,230,000 years, <laughs> in every way, try to laminate him at Zion, at Kolob, at your butt. My kids would sing that. A lounge chair, a lounge chair. Jesus wants me for a lounge chair. I mean, who doesn't? A lounge chair, a, a lounge, lounge chair. chair. I'll be a lounge chair for him. Every 2,528 days or years. It was 5,230,000 oh. years. At least it's not often. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm going to sing that song to my kids, and they're going to like start saying at Zion at Kolob at your butt. These are all the places awesome. that you need to be a lounge chair for Jesus. <laughs> That's great. At your butt. Jesus is my lounge chair. This is a whole new bumper sticker series. Oh, whole new. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus wants me co-pilot. for a lounge chair. Instead of my co-pilot. No, no, no. I'm the lounge chair. Sure. <laughs> oh, right. Jesus wants me to be a lounge chair for him. Every, well, no, each five you know, million to Take a load off, Jesus. <laughs> I'll be your lounge chair, I'll be Jesus. Your lounge chair. That reminds me of like the footprints in the sand. Oh, yeah. And sometimes there was one set of footprints. He carries you. No, sit on me. Uh-huh. I'll be your, your lounge chair. Weird. Okay. At Zion, at Kolob, and at your butt. Yep. I mean, those are the three places I would pick for Question. sure. Question. Mm. How do you laminate? Jesus, like the real fake Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, your temple card is laminated. That's for true. Sure. That's true. There's all kinds of laminating. I think Mormons love to laminate. I thought oh. it was a perfect one. Mormons love to laminate. Mormons also love, maybe it's not a thing anymore, but when I was a kid, it was those felt boards. What do you do with, oh, you put like you make sto- scenes like, or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. My mom had one. because I'm pretty sure she taught in primary and I always wanted to play with it and she would only let me like very limited times. Oh, because it was probably sacred or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not don't, secret. Don't touch the stick. You might ruin the felt somehow. <laughs> I just want to stick that shit up there. Just so bad, Mom. Come on. What are those other things that you could stick stuff on? Color forms? Remember those? What? They were like these sticky, plasticky things that uh, you put on the... Oh, yeah, yeah, And they were reusable. It's kind of like that. Yeah. How funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback. That was a fun song. That was a good one. I want, um, that I want was to hear great. people sing it. Audience, I want to... Are you singing it? Yeah. Did you like my impromptu uh, harmony? That it I was fantastic. Mm, thanks. Yeah. I dabble in the harmony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and the LDL singer. <laughs> yeah. We have so much in common. <laughs> okay. What is next on your list? Uh, what do you want to do? Journal Journey? Let's do Journal Journey. Yeah. This is the new and improved song open. Speaking oh. of the LDL singers. Yep. Uh, should we cue music? Cue the goddamn music. Gonna read from this here journal, even though it's triggering. Yeah, we'll read from her shitty journal. It's Shelly's Journal Journey. Yeehaw. So, Shelly, what is today's journal journey? This one's a quickie. This is from June 10th of 95. I love going back in time with you. Not really. <laughs> it's just so not me. It's yeah, just it's, so me trying yeah. to be who I'm supposed to I be. I mean, I would say that even in non-religious journaling, you go back and you look at the stuff and you're thinking, what What the heck? What was I thinking? Sure, sure. But, yeah. the, but I recognize these things that I'm writing as things I was trying to be mm-hmm. and trying to make things important to me that were supposed to be important right. to me because of Mormonism and how that affected my next fucking you know, 25, 26 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, you were trying to fit your little square peg into the Mormon round hole. Yes, so to That's speak. what he said. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to be out of debt by November. That is my goal. I need to be financially stable in case my dream comes true and I marry Brent. Oh, your dream. I know. He was the man of your dreams. He was, because he looked good on paper <laughs> and my parents were going to love him. All right, June 13th. Wait, wait, wait. Did you get out of debt? I doubt it. (laughs) Okay, June 13th. Well, tomorrow is my birthday. I can't believe I'm already going to be 21 years old. Wow. So here's what I was thinking about when I read this. When I was 21, I was at BYU, and I didn't know anyone who was 21 and out having a good time Mm. and living life and exploring what they wanted to do and being themselves. I I had no peers that were like that. Wow. All of my peers were 21 married Getting oh married, engaged. That was the appropriate age for that. And so That's now, crazy. I know, now that I'm older, once I get out of the church and I started meeting, you know, millennial age people, and for some reason I would I get along with them well, like Siobhan mm-hmm. and Trisha and all these awesome people that are in their 30s. 
20s and 30s, they're having a great time with their life. Well, let me put it even in a more personal scenario for you. Okay. So we just met your son's new girlfriend the other day. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. And I was talking to them, and she was saying how she's almost 21. So your son Lincoln is 20. She's almost turning 21. Can you imagine if they were ready to get married? Oh, God, you're so right. Lincoln, right now. Would be ready to get married, pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, right now, he's like six months younger than I was writing this. Yeah, we read a letter from Jenna, and she was 19 when she got married. I mean, I can't even imagine If Lincoln came to me and said, I want to get married, I would beg and plead him not to, (laughs) for him not to. Right. Live your life. Yeah. Go out with your friends. Go to clubs. Mm-hmm. Meet people. Travel figure if out you what can. you yeah. Once that COVID is over. I know once COVID is over. That because of Mormonism, thank you, fucking Mormonism, mm-hmm. that wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. My only radar said, get married, start having kids. That's insane. I missed out on so much. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just like, you know, so much partying and blah, blah. I mean so much. Getting to know myself and making friends from all walks of life and learning about things that didn't have to do with the fucking gospel slash Mormon church, you know? Well, you just didn't know yourself. I mean, a lot of that just had to do with you pretending to be something you weren't because that's what you thought you had to do. And it's like fake it till you make it. Sometimes that works great. Sometimes it's just living a lie. It was living a lie because yeah. I never actually made it. It finally broke me. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I wish it would have broken it me a took long you time 20 ago. 20 years, yeah. pretty much. So you from age 21, which is where I am in my journal, to age, let's say, 30, what was your life like in a nutshell? Because by 30, I had three kids. What was oh, your 21 yeah. to 30? Which to me, I feel like that is your prime getting mm-hmm. out there and figuring life out. Well, the first thing I had to do was graduate from college. and then Yeah, never got I, to do that. Yeah, so I was kicking and screaming leaving college because all my friends— Some of them had graduated, some of them were behind me, or some of them were staying an extra year, what have you. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to leave. Mm -hmm. That was the first sort of traumatic thing. And then just wrapping my brain around adulting and how to start feeling like I'm getting ready to have a career or at least get a stable job. All that was pretty terrifying for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And then leaving home. I mean, all this was going on. Yeah. 21, 22, let's say. I get to Atlanta at about 25, I want to say. Mm Mm-hmm. I start making friends. I start finding a group, going out to gay clubs. Mm-hmm. There was a softball team. I didn't play softball. <laughs> of course there was a softball team. <laughs> there was a lesbian All softball team. All the stereotypes. Okay. <laughs> I would go and support the team. My friend Holly and I would bring beers, and we would support the softball players and mm-hmm. stuff, and then go to a bar afterwards. And friends of mine played in a band, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would go hang out and support them, and we also would, like— you know, watch Melrose Place together on Thursdays or whatever night that came out. Yeah. Yeah, this was in the 90s. So that was my life. It was just like this group of friends, group of women, doing the lesbian thing, uh, partying a little bit, nothing crazy. Yeah. Didn't do drugs and stuff, but I just enjoyed my 20s with a group of lesbians. See, I Mm -hmm. feel like I wish I had that. I wish I'd had a chance to be that. When I got married, I actually didn't really have a close friend group because I was kind of new to the Utah area and I didn't really fit in. And BYU is huge, you know, and I did, I wasn't playing college sports anymore, so I didn't have that tight-knit group of people. And I really miss that. I was actually very lonely. You know, I met Brent, we got married, and he didn't want me being friends with anyone that I was friends with back when I was a sinner or whatever, back <laughs> when I was living, you know, oh, having nice. sex and drinking and stuff. Uh, so you had to ditch all your friends. I ditched all of them, yeah. No one lived in the area anyway, but, you know, mm. we would call and stuff. But so, no, wasn't allowed to be friends with them. Yeah, there was no texting back then no, or Facebook. No, 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 there wasn't. And then, like, I got a job, I worked, and then I started having kids. And I didn't go out with any of my friends. Like, I'm tr- I'm trying to think, like, what, who was my friend group? You know, there were some na- neighbors. We went out once in a blue moon, but it wasn't— you know, when you're married, that's it. You're supposed to hang out with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you start having kids, that's it. You're done. You're a mom. You don't go out. Right. Well, plus Mormon women a lot of times have tons of kids. And how exciting is it to go out with friends when you're when you're Mormon anyway? No offense to anyone who lived this life or yeah. still does, but you can't drink. Right. You can't go meet for coffee. Right. So you can, I guess, have people over for like really safe game nights like Uno or something. But it just sounds super boring. (laughs) Yeah, it is super boring. (laughs) What do you do? But add to that the fact that everyone who's your age that you would hang out with, they typically have a baby. 
Right. Which ruins everything. And also you're <laughs> young and broke, so you can't afford a babysitter. So people are like bringing their kids, which shoot me, you know. It, it just, I didn't, I never had that. I really didn't until, gosh, until like the end of my church career or whatever. After I finally had my seventh kid, had like my breakdown, made friends and started wanting to go out. It was almost like I wanted to have that time that I didn't have. Yeah. Anyway, that was a long thing to say about that. But yeah, there I am at 21 years old. Planning your marriage and stuff. Yes. God, just not even realizing what I was missing out, like a huge formative time of my life. Another thing I was going to say too, is even though I was an adult and I had lots of kids, I never felt like a grown-up because I always felt less than. To me, grown-ups were the people who had careers, you know? And I didn't have skills. I didn't have a degree. I didn't have like this cool job that I went to. And to me, that's what grown-ups did. So Hmm. I never, it's like I got stuck, you know? Well, and I think it was compounded by the fact that you looked to Brent to have the answers to everything. Yeah, he was the grown-up. Or at least you should have been the grown-up. You felt like he was. Yeah. You treated him like that. Right, because he had the job. When truth was, you were both young, 20-somethings, figuring shit out. Yeah. I mean, we both agree we got married way too young. Yeah. Brent's even saying, he's like, I wasn't ready to get married. Right. And there's no way I was ready to get married. Right. Yeah. But then, on June 19th, so a few days later after I'm now 21, Brent was here last weekend. So he was in California at the time, and we would go visit each other sometimes. The best part was going to church with him. It felt (laughs) so good. He answered all the questions in Sunday school. Oh, my God. Look at what my priority there was. Yeah. Did I say anything like, oh, my gosh, he makes me laugh so much. Uh-huh. We have so much in common. Yeah, we have so much in common. We watched this one movie, and we couldn't stop laughing. And maybe, like, none of that. It's all church. Or the other thing you could have done as a young 20-something is, like, be, like, really into him. Like, oh, my God, we almost did it. Or whatever you might put in a journal mm-hmm. that was truthful. It's like, I can't believe we stopped ourselves we're trying to remain virgins till we oh, get married. I would never like, put that in a journal. I looked at it and I do some editing. You did? You edited your own journal? I what, did. Just in case? I didn't, yeah, in case someone saw it. <laughs> so you be- can't even be truthful in a journal. No, you can't. <laughs> but this but this here. It's horrible. I know. When I'm like, it felt so good. He answered all the questions in Sunday school. I felt that I finally looked worthy because my boyfriend looked worthy. Wow. Like he was a return missionary and Why? he answered all the questions. Why are appearances so fucking important? It's stupid. Because Mormons, because Ugh. Mormons, you have to be the most obedient. The perfect looking Mormon. The perfect looking, doing all the things, mm. miserable on the inside. Yeah. You have one more entry? One I more I do have one more journey. entry. This goes back to me being <laughs> one stupid. One more journal journey? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Brent stayed over. We talked about praying about our relationship. When we were about to fall asleep, he said he wanted to say a prayer with me. We (laughs) knelt down and he said one of the most beautiful prayers ever. So there again, I'm like, oh, he prays wonderfully. He wants us to pray together. What the fuck is that? (laughs) I mean, if someone you're about to marry stays over, you're probably not going to pray. I'm just saying. That's all we ever did. <laughs> God. Yawn, yawn face. Um, <laughs> but the the yawn that emoji. That, I know, yawn emoji. The fact that that was what I needed to be attracted to, you know? Mm-hmm. I couldn't give two shits if you pray or not, Mary. I care that you are wonderful <laughs> to me and we have this bond and we laugh and it's incredible. Um, but back then, I needed so much to fit in. I needed so much to have that feeling of, look, this righteous priesthood-holding man is interested in me. Mm. Yeah. Wow, what a drag. Total drag. (laughs) Anyway. Your old self, I would have just been like, oh, my God. I'm glad we didn't meet back then. Oh, God. Yeah. But horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked out. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, that's my that's my readings for today. By the way, if anyone wants to send in your embarrassing shitty journal entries. We would know. be glad to read your shitty journal. <laughs> we'll share your shit. In this segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feel free. Send that in. Mm-hmm. Latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. Boom. Okay. Well, this episode has been a little all over the place. It's all segmenty. We're doing all the segments. Yeah, this episode. we are. <laughs> we are. Well, let's yeah. get to this, this uh, last one. This is a he said? Nope. Word? She. Yep. Okay, on three? Yep. One, two, three. She, she said what? It kind of ended 
I was waiting for you to end me. <laughs> it was like I was resolving the chord. Oh, you were going to keep have me keep saying that until I got it right? N- no, that just means in music theory. Okay, raise your hand if you understand music theory. When you resolve a chord, it's like there's that sort of tense moment where they don't quite match up. And then when it's in the right key, and then you resolve it. So did like, we resolve it? It's like amen, uh, right? So the ah uh, is the tense part, and then men oh. is the resolve part. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So there you go, a little music lesson for all y'all. I am glad we could resolve it. I know. I love to resolve things. Oh, geez. Can we? Feel can good. I please do the She Said What? Let's do it. Okay, the She Said What for today comes to you and I and our listeners from the one, the only, Wendy Nelson. Wendy Nelson. Wendy Nelson happens to be Russell M. Nelson, quote unquote, prophet of the Lord. <laughs> it's his wife. Actually, okay. his second wife. Second wife, okay. And in this book, she's talking about how she, I guess, got together with the prophet, who was in the, the quorum of the 12 apostles at the time, on his way to being prophet. Okay, so it's kind of like how they hooked up. That's how they hooked up. <laughs> All right. How did they meet? Um, I don't know. Cocktail party? Doubtful. <laughs> Over probably, coffee? Probably church or some <laughs> shit. So I'm just going to read what she said, and then we're going to pick it apart. Okay. Ready? Mm, I'm ready. Elder Russell M. Nelson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles had, for several weeks, made overtures about getting to know me better. By the way, weird. Uh, I can't imagine, like, when I was married to Brent, calling him even, like, Brother DeWitt, much less Elder's Quorum, blah, blah, blah. And overtures. Getting to know how, you. I wonder how. Getting to know all How do you about think he flirts? You. It's probably so awkward. <laughs> Russell M. Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me keep reading. I don't know. I'm glad glad he never flirted with me. Okay, (laughs) Wendy Nelson continues. In my own mind, I had wrestled with it and was quite certain there was no possible way that could be right. Do you think he got all handsy? Not that kind of wrestling. (laughs) She could probably break him anyway. He probably has sweaty palms. Every time I think of him, I think of Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. And I imagine this Mr. Burns flirting. Yeah. Smithers. Is that his name? Mr. Smithers? (laughs) Well, Smithers was the gay guy that had a crush on him. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh Okay. So let's back this up a bit. Here's the Quorum of the Twelve Apostle. Elder Nelson, whose wife had died a year previously. Wow, didn't waste any time. R.I.P. It happens. You know, I'm not going to judge that. I think people, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, he could probably have his pick of ladies, right? (laughs) (laughs) I threw up in my mouth a little. Okay, let me keep reading. pick a single. All the single ladies. (laughs) Oh, my God. All the songs are going through my head right now. They are. There's so much. There's so much. Okay, so he's flirting with her, uh-huh. right? And she even says in her own mind, she wrestled with it. it she was certain there was no possible way. So she's like, mm, Oh, ew, really? Nah. She was just like, I don't think so. Yeah, this is not right. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't feel right. Hey, guess what, Wendy? It wasn't right. <laughs> but anyway. Out of curiosity, what was the age difference between We're gonna these get the, two? Would you not jump ahead, oh, okay. please? Okay. I just not? was like, he's not getting somebody his age, right? No, no. When was the last time that any Mormon man Uh, on a next marriage married someone older? Or, yeah, or his age. No, it's historically, like, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Why? The patriarchy. All right, all right. Next, she says, so one day I left the city to fast and pray and do all the things that everyone knows to do when they're seeking to have the heavens open. The heavens open. <laughs> what happens when the heavens open? Oh, Skittles rain down. Skittles, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what happens. Yeah. So let's do the story again. <laughs> Russell M. Nelson mm-hmm. flirting Hansy. with Wendy. Hansy. or Hansy Mr. Burns <laughs> flirting with Wendy. Wendy feels Wendy. like, hey, this ain't right. <laughs> Wendy's uncomfortable, says this can't be right. But then Wendy's like, well, I must need to pray about this. Sure. What do you think happened between the time that she was like, ick, and the time that she's like, well, I guess I need to pray about it? Oh, I bet she was counseled by some people. Damn right she was. The, we don't have proof yeah. of that, but there's no way that that's not how it went down. It just feels like that's or else, what happened. why would she, like, she she thinks it's wrong. She had doubts. Yeah, so why does she feel like, well, I should ask God? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. Trust your first instinct, Wendy. <laughs> okay, so one day she left the city. She went to go pray. Pretty sure she went to the wilderness to fast and pray, just like Jesus. Exactly like Jesus. Exactly like Yeah. So, okay, she leaves the city. She goes to pray. And this is something she says that everyone knows they need to do that when they're seeking to have the heavens open. Why the fuck she's asking God at this point when she's like, eh, Is there nah. a zipper? How does the heavens I, I open? I think it's Velcro. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure Velcro. Maybe a twist tie. Maybe it's like a twist okay. tie release. Okay. <laughs> That's one of those hefty cinch bags. Yes, for sure. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Whippy, whippy. You remember that commercial? I do. I oh do. Oh my gosh. Everyone in our age group is like, oh my God, you're bringing it back. <laughs> Get on with it already. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, when they're really serious, she says, actually desperate to absolutely know the Lord's will. Wait a minute. What? She's desperate to know the Lord's will? Yeah. So what's going on here? Let's analyze this shit. He's flirting. She's like, man, not interested. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, then she goes from not interested to desperate to know if God wants her to do that. Why? Who is telling her that she needs to do this? Who is pressuring her? Why does God want us to be unhappy? Because he's a more God's an asshole. That's all I can think. <laughs> so God... So God, she believes in, wants her to do something that makes her really uncomfortable. Yes. That doesn't make any sense. It's going to be uncomfortable to marry Mr. Burns. That's just all there is to it. So let me read on. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so she's desperate to know the Lord's will. Uh-huh. Then she says, the heavens opened, and I knew in three different ways what the Lord's will was for this potential relationship with Elder Russell M. Nelson. Can you imagine if I'm like... So I prayed if I should get married to return missionary Brent C. DeWitt. What the fuck, Wendy? I mean, like, isn't that kind of how it went down? Well, I'm, I'm saying I don't, <laughs> didn't call him by the name. Oh, I you see. Know? <laughs> My betrothed, mm-hmm. Russell M. Nelson. <laughs> so romantic, Wendy. Yeah. I wonder what the three different ways were. So here's the part here. Well, I mean, the whole thing is disturbing, but here's very disturbing parts. It was tough, she says. We had different expectations. He was still grieving Dancil, it was his wife, okay. without a doubt. Here we are, thrown together. Why does God throw people together? I don't he know. He doesn't. No. He, she, they, them, whatever. It was like my trigonometry teacher who wanted me to move it over <laughs> when I didn't do my homework. I mean, he might as well have been God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Randomly picking people. <laughs> okay. So they got thrown together by uh-huh. God. Mm-hmm. Then sure, she says, it was that a, happens. Yeah. It was a huge change. I'd say dramatic. It was traumatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says it's traumatic. You got She's the, saying oh, that, did she say traumatic? She's saying traumatic. Oh, I thought you just added a TR. You replaced no, I'm her actually D. not like overselling this. Wow. This is what she, she said. said. It was traumatic. So God has thrown these two together. And it's traumatic for her. God wants her to experience trauma. trauma. Okay. Oh, Wendy. Next sentence. Last sentence. Leaving my profession that I loved that I had devoted my life to and marrying a man 26 years older than I. 26. (laughs) 26 years old. So here's here's the— Way uh, to go, Rusty. Yeah, way to go. Way way to (laughs) assert your priesthood. Mm -hmm. So, and— That's not all he wants to insert. I mean, assert. Mm -hmm. So when this all went down, Rusty was 82 years old. Oh, man. 82. He was Mr. Burns. And Wendy was 56. That's like a couple years older than you, Mary. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine an 86-year-old Mr. Burns? 82. 82. They wouldn't be able to keep up with me, I'm saying. (laughs) Well, can you imagine him (laughs) flirting? You're like, it doesn't feel comfortable, but I should probably pray about it. And then some whack-a-mole revelation in your mind. Because the heavens open. Yeah. I... (laughs) I don't know this, but I can only imagine from the history I know of Mormon men Uh marrying younger, way younger women, that he pressured her. That he must have said, God. God told me. God told me. And even if he didn't say that, Mm -hmm. she would think that God told him. Why? Because he's in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. They talk to God. Yeah. So she just needed God to tell her to like, yeah, I'm going to traumatize you now. So go for it. Right. Because God doesn't give a shit about what women. she women yeah. and what she wanted so in this situation fucked up mm, and wow. not only like now she's she sealed to him too well if like, you believe eternal, that sort of I mean thing. I don't but in their minds <laughs> she's number 2 uh-huh. now in heaven forever with him she had never been married before mm-hmm. she was doing it right she had a career she'd never been married she was she was crushing that's life that's amazing and she yeah. was mormon yeah that probably means she's a lesbian <laughs> 
<laughs> Wendy, leave Mr. Burns and just be gay Boy, with Wendy. the rest of this. Should we yeah. have her on the show? We should. I'm going to call Wendy up. <laughs> call her up. We'll call her up. <laughs> oh, Wendy okay. Nelson. Wendy Nelson, we know you're a lesbian. Come on down to the Lesbian <laughs> Lesbian Show. <laughs> uh, okay, I want, if there are any listeners out there, can think of an instance in all of Mormon history where this kind of thing happened, but in the reverse. Oh. Where it was the woman. Some old geezer woman, like, coming yeah, on. telling to... a younger man, <laughs> you should marry me, and having him be like, God oh, told me. Yeah, well, I should go pray about this, and then we're like, oh, yeah, the heavens. It doesn't happen. Right. I would love to hear, if anyone knows, Bryce Blankenagle, if you're listening, if anyone knows <laughs> of, in all of Mormon history, where an older woman flirted with whatever and right. married a man. Because God revealed, the heavens opened, God revealed that they were supposed to be together. Yeah. But an older woman pursued, when did a woman pursue a man in Mormonism? No. Is that a thing? No. Right. No, it's not a thing. So that's not going to happen. You're not going to find your example. Well, and I was thinking about this earlier. Earlier. That was a very <laughs> earlier. It was early, earlier. Should we have Dan leave that in? Leave it in, Dan. If I were of marrying age and Mormon, if I were to go to a random man on BYU campus or whatever when uh-huh. I was there and say, you know, I have this impression, this revelation that you yeah. were the one that I'm supposed to marry. Yeah. God revealed to me. He would not take me seriously. <laughs> and he would say, well, God would tell me first. Oh, sure. Because he yeah. has the priesthood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So many instances of returned missionaries dating a woman and then telling the woman, God has revealed to me that you're supposed to be my wife. Oh, wow. I'm talking currently. Uh-huh. Listeners, write in and give us examples because I know it's probably happened to some of wow. you. If this is not like an only in Brigham Young's time. God revealed to me yeah. that we are to be married. Yes. Woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. So this whole thing of pressuring women, especially younger women, to marry men who are half the time already married mm-hmm. back in the day. This started back with Joseph Smith. Yeah. And I'm sure it started before Joseph Smith. Fucking sucks. I hate it. I hate the patriarchy. But this has always gone on. And you'd think that eventually we would move beyond that. But this fucking happened in today's Mormonism with yeah. the current prophet. When did Wendy write that book? Do you have any idea? 2019. Wow. They got married in 2006. Okay. I want to so say. So not long ago. Not long ago. Mm-hmm. And again, we're interjecting our opinions, but if you read exactly what she says it at was face a cry value, for help. it's cry for help. <laughs> if you read exactly what it says, yeah. there are reasons things had to have happened the way they did. Mm-hmm. She had to have been pressured somewhere, somehow, whether someone said something or whether she thought, wow, he's a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. I can't believe she was allowed to put that in print. She was traumatized. That's amazing that that wasn't edited, you know? Yeah. Cry for help. That's what I'm thinking. Cry for help. Wendy? Blink twice if you need help. (laughs) (laughs) Is she ever, uh, is it televised? Like when when there's ever like a general conference, can you see her? Is she ever up on the... Oh. (laughs) No. No, yes. She is? Not during general conference. Fuck that shit. But like in um, like firesides and things. So she's on camera sometimes? Actually, if you ever watch the interaction between elder douchebag Bednar and his wife, it's horrific. Like she seems very afraid of him. Oh. Oh my God! But Wendy Nelson, there was also, I think this is in her book as well, where her and, and Mr. Burns would be in bed asleep. <laughs> and then Mr. Burns slash Rusty the prophet uh-huh. wakes up and is like, I'm getting revelation. And so she wakes up too and leaves the room what? so that he can have this connection with God and start writing down the revelation. Doesn't he have like a special prayer room or something he can go to? I know. I'd be like... <sighs> Dude, I was in the middle of a dream. I was in the middle of a lesbian fantasy. (laughs) And your creaky old ass sat up, woke me up. Get up and go. Uh Uh-huh. The heavens opened and Xena warrior princess floated down in a cloud. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Xena and Wendy. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Why do I wish that Russell, Nelson, and Wendy were listening to this, like, right now? That would be my dream come true right there. If there is ever a time that I wanted the prophet of the Lord. I was kind of more into Gabrielle, who was her sidekick. Oh. Zena's sidekick. Yeah, the blonde. I've always had a thing for blondes. I'm I'm blonde. I I, I know. (laughs) I'm I'm aware of this. Good. Hmm. There you go. There's your she said what. Um... 
that was riveting. I feel bad for Wendy. Yeah. Poor little thing having to marry an 80-something, 26 years older. That's that's old enough, way old enough to be your parent. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, that's like your mom's age, right? Uh, She's a little older than that. She's 87. Fucking nuts. And I don't have a problem with the big age gap in marriages. Um, but it should be consensual. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> Wendy's like, I was traumatized. Like, what the fuck, Wendy? Yeah, you should have run away, Wendy. Yeah, it's not like she said, you know, he was he was flirting. He didn't say flirt, whatever her old school word was. And it felt like home. It felt good. It felt like there was mm-hmm. no goodness there. It right. was, it felt wrong. So I prayed. God basically told me I had to do it. He threw us together and I was traumatized. Yeah. God and told I gave me, up my career. God told me I'm fucked. <laughs> and have to do this thing that I don't want to do. And I gave up my career. Yeah. All I can do for Wendy at this point is pray that Rusty has erectile dysfunction and that <laughs> she never had to endure that ever. Wendy. We're pulling for you. I'm pulling for you. Mm-hmm. Lesbian Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm done here. Okay. So, well, should we take a little break? And uh, that was fascinating, by the way. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. And should we get to some patrons? And channel members after the break. Shall uh-huh. we do that? All right. Let's do it. Be right back. We have returned. We have returned. For some patronage. Who do we got on Patreon this oh, week? Let's see. We only have four this week, people. Okay. And I get it. I understand. It's COVID. People uh-huh. are struggling. Uh-huh. Four's pretty good. I- I'd say. I'd yeah. Say. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you all. Yes. Patron number one, mm-hmm. Ellie M. Ellie M. The M standing for my actual given name. So if anyone knows my actual given name. Huh, really? Mm-hmm. That's her last name? It's what I wrote down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, I'm confused. But thank you, Ellie. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> Next one, Angela Blank of Seagulls. I made that up. Block? You're not supposed to say the names. <laughs> God damn it, Mary. Angela, I'm sorry. Mary just outed you. So sorry. <laughs> well, then don't make it so easy. I wasn't. This isn't a game and show. I ran. I, I ran, ran so far away. For some reason, I wanted to go ran. I don't, I don't, <laughs> they don't do that. They don't. From what? wherever they roll their their R's. <laughs> Good King Wenceslas looked out. What is going on? Do you remember that from, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Love Actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't love that movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there? I do. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but it's a true story. Okay. Okay. Um, so, Ellie... And my last name, or my given first name, and Angela Blank. Uh-huh, that I messed up. Mm-hmm, of seagulls. All Angela right. F. I really effed that up, Angela. <laughs> you Sorry. sure did. You sure did. Next, we have a married couple who, okay. by the way, we went on a cruise with oh, last February. Oh, yeah. I really hope that we get to go on the cruise again next February. Yeah, I hope we'll have that... to see what happens with cruise ships. Oh, I'm dying. I, I, we had such a good time. So if anyone out there listening wants to cruise with a bunch of ex-Mormons, yeah. and if they're cruising if next that's year, happening, I know, who knows? I know. Okay, this is Almighty Todd. Uh-huh. And then in parentheses, he says, I am the one true Todd, and I will have no other Todds before me. Okay, all right. Todd actually used to be in a band back in the day. He was a guitar player. Well, check that had out. Had a record, record out. Look at that. And a sweet mustache. He's still rocking that sweet he stash. He still is. He still is. Mm-hmm. And his lovely wife, she's beautiful, by the way. Yeah, inside and out. It's, it's unfortunate that she's not a lesbian. <laughs> uh, her name is Rainy Girl from the Florida Exmo Group. Oh. That's what she goes by. Okay. All so right. thank you, Almighty Todd and Rainy. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, good, and good um, here's hoping we can get together again one of these days. Okay, those are our patrons. Okay, thank you, patrons. If you would like to join us on Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash Lesbian to sign up. Yep, now on to Marco Polo channels. All right. We have Elijah F. F. Which does not stand for Flock of Seagulls. It does not, or F'd this up because I didn't this <laughs> nope. time. But Elijah has the cutest black cat. I know. That's always hanging out with him. Yep. Sure What's does. his name? He has like a guy's name. Arthur. I think it's Arthur. Is it? He's either Arthur or Albert. But Why I think do it's I Arthur. think it's Gus? It's not Gus. It's not Gus. <laughs> it's not Gus. You are way wrong. <laughs> okay, I did F that up. You All sure right. did. Next, we have Sarah W. Thank you, Sarah. Actually spelled correctly. 
Okay, versus S-E-R. This is S-A-R. Yeah. Are you saying that the other spelling is incorrect? Oh, shit. No, no, no Sarah. There's no, S-E-R. there's no one way to spell it. It's just different. It is different. That's so, okay. So Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, thank you for being different. Sure. <laughs> or spelling it the, the traditional, no, the traditional way. Traditional. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Next and lastly, we have Grace T. Grace T. What does the T stand for? T stands for... Tired of thinking of COVID now. <laughs> yes, thank you. All thank right. you. Whew. Okay, one thing I want to say about uh, channels really quickly. I was cracking up because sometimes when we start a video, so you and I start a video and then other people can reply, but they can't start their own videos. And sometimes we will start a video and then our members will sort of take over. <laughs> right, right, right. And just start repl- responding back and forth to each other because I love that. they're all good. For- oh, I love it so much. Well, we started a video mm-hmm. and walked away from it for a few hours and came back to check. And there were 120-something replies. <laughs> None of them to us. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one was chatting with us. And I didn't have time to listen to all of them, so I just kind of like flipped through a bunch and just picked a random one. Yeah. And from there, what I learned is the magic T-nut number is 1,500. Huh. No clue what the fuck that means, <laughs> but I learned that. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know either. The other thing I like about it, so I was thinking of it because we were invited by the Forbidden Apple team of Palayo and Melissa to be on a Zoom call where they were talking about community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were actually talking about building an online community. And is that different from in-person community and whatever people were thinking about it. And, of course, I was immediately thinking of Marco Polo channels because— I feel like we have formed a community. And Absolutely. it's a little different from Facebook. I love our Facebook discussion group and wouldn't change that mm-hmm. at all. But on Marco Polo channels, because we get to see people's faces. Yes. You know, it's practically like you're in the room with them. I mean, it's video. Yeah. So it's not exactly like it. We, we had a channels member announce to all of us in the channel that she had just come out to her parents. Yeah. Which was awesome because we got to see her cry and laugh and the whole thing. We just felt it all. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. If you would like to join us there, just visit our website, latterdaylesbian.org slash polo. Super good time. Also, if you are interested in a very fun and funny travel podcast, Mm -hmm. UC Places Travel Podcast. That's myself and Mary are the hosts. We have a great time. True story. We're about to start recording for Boston. Yeah. Um, We're still in D.C. right now. We've got a couple more episodes to come out in Uh D.C. and then we're going to hit Boston. So let's hit it up Mm -hmm. virtually. Yes, the virtual (laughs) hit up. (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, I want to thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And everybody else, remember this week, steer clear of those damn cults, because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye.